It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. to Behind the Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, here with my co-pilot, co-founder, co-everything, uh, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael, and we are coming to you live from the Braves Alumni Lounge, and a little sad to say that our, our 2018 season just ended yesterday, or last night, here at SunTrust Park, but uh, Greg, I, I want to get your thoughts on it, obviously. I know for me, Last night after the game, I mean, obviously, you know, you're bummed that the season's over, the ride is over, uh, and it was just, it was, what an incredible ride it was this year. But I got to tell you, last night talking to other media members, talking to fans, talking to people that you and I both both work with, there was already such a positive vibe and feeling about where we're at with this team and where we're headed. I mean, and that is no, that's, that's, that's complete fact and truth for me. I mean, everybody, we were all already talking about, you know, the offseason, what moves we could potentially make and what next year is going to look like. And it was – for it being a – you know, it's always it's always sad when you when the season ends, you don't win the World Series. But it was about as positive and upbeat as it could be in light of that last night. So what are your first thoughts on the season and, and uh, coming to an end and where we're headed? I watched the end of the game last night, and as the Dodgers were celebrating kind of on the field, hugging each other and all that, I heard one of our guys, kind of our in-game, in uh, Mark uh, was in our in-game. Uh, Mark kinda, Owens. Yeah, Mark yeah. does all the, you know, interviews and the games within the game, and he was talking about the, the season, and, and the fans stood up and cheered just as a thank you for – what had happened and transpired over the course of the season, I felt like that back in July, everything from then on was house money. I mean, we we had done more than we expected. We um, we were excited about what the future was holding, and we were seeing it playing out on the field. And I, what I was excited about with the postseason is that we had a chance to see, and the uh, chip carry, and those guys alluded to this, that we we got a chance to see SunTrust Park at its best. The game Sunday night was electric. It was awesome. I mean, couldn't find a seat. Before the game, after the game, during the game was exactly what we've been missing for the last five years. And so we we let all of baseball see that. The Dodgers got to see it. Our fans got to see it come to life. So I think there's not anybody – that is disappointed now that it's over. Obviously, there's you 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 ask yourself what if, and it's easy to start breaking down the team. Well, this was the whole. This was this didn't work out. We walked too many people, or Snit didn't do this, or shortstop didn't. 
you know, whatever it was, you can do that. You know, the Dodgers have done that for six years. I mean, they won six right. straight divisions, division titles. So they've done that. We have to say, okay, we're going to set that criticism aside a little bit right now and, and then enjoy and celebrate what we were able to accomplish, knowing that we can take this foundation and build upon it. Absolutely. And to your point about the, the atmosphere, that was even being in the press box when, he, when, when Acuna hits that grand slam in game three. I mean, it, it, the place felt like it was coming unglued. And I, you know, I had my family back home texting me and all that kind of stuff <laughs> going, I can't like, how loud is it? I could say, it seems like it's, it's bonkers on TV. How I was like, it's, it's the loudest, I, loudest atmosphere I've ever been a part of at a, at a baseball game, just being there. So I just look at it this whole season as, as a beginning of, of where we could potentially go. Now, listen, nothing is guaranteed. You know, who knows what happens next year? I, it's some of our division rivals have found out recently that nothing is guaranteed. But, boy, it's we're sitting in a great spot right now. We've said it before on Behind the Braves. This is a great time to be a Braves fan. So I know we're all sad about the season ending, but, man, are we, are we excited about uh, where we're headed and what could potentially happen this offseason. So, Agreed. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, and we'll – now, I do want to point out one thing uh, for for us here on Behind the Braves. We're not necessarily always going to be a, you know, the, the latest news of the Braves and just recapping that. Uh, I think our our big goal here is we want to bring Braves personalities, be it players, fans, front office personnel. We want to get them – we want to be able to highlight them and – let fans see their personalities, basically, and get to know them a little bit. So that's always going to kind of be our focus here on Behind the Braves, telling stories, getting to know Braves' personalities. But as as news develops and arises, when it makes sense, we'll, we'll discuss it on here. Sure. And then certainly with the season ending yesterday, uh, that's not the highlight of today's episode. It's uh, Hall of Famer and now broadcaster John Smoltz. That's, that's the big feature today, but we definitely wanted to just – Shout out to the 2018 Braves on one heck of a ride. That was uh, I can say this as a fan as a fan for many years and now working in the game both of those things put together collectively this was the most fun baseball season I've ever experienced on either side of that and uh I'm just excited for the future. So we'll see where we go from here. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, well let's get to Smoltzy then. Let's let's talk about Smoltzy. He is uh, well we you all know him as a as as a broadcaster of course and he'll be calling the World Series, and we should note uh, we we taped this interview about what two or three hours before the the Braves clinched or before first pitch of the clinch day for clinching the NL East, um, and you'll hear that we mentioned that, but just to give you a little context of when when we sat down with with John, uh, he's got some uh, some interesting ideas for what he'd like to see happen in the in the game. Uh, this, I think the split season he wants to he wants MLB to go to a split season first of all can you talk about the just a little bit about sure. what split season is I know that we do it in the minor leagues and just explain yeah. what that is um first of all great timing by the way I mean John doesn't come here very often right to broadcast it just happened to be a Fox game and it was the day that we had the opportunity to clinch and then we were also fortunate enough to have him be able to come in early because they have meetings and and, and all that good stuff. So that was uh, that was exciting for us to be able to get that done on behind the Braves here. So, but hey, John's an interesting character, very articulate. He does a great job. I always in, enjoy, and I've known him for a long time, and I've heard him talk a lot. So, but to hear him on the broadcast, I think for the casual fan, and even for the serious fan, he's great to listen to. Um, John brings a lot to the table, not only creatively with his ideas 
on on how to maybe move the game forward, but also just his knowledge of pitching, his knowledge of the game. You don't get to be a Hall of Famer and not know what you're talking about. Right. Now you can't. You don't always have the ability to convey that in a concise way or even in a way that people understand that. I think that's ta- that takes some talent, and it takes um, uh, takes a special gift to be able to do that. Because I've heard plenty of people talk, and I have, and they're a Hall of Famer. I have no idea what they're saying, and right. I'm a ba- and I'm a baseball guy. So, so I think he does a good job with that. And John clearly is passionate about the game, which in the interview you'll hopefully that will come across. And um, so we were able to pull up some of that from him. But the split season idea really comes from our minor league days where you have a first half winner and you have a second half winner. So I think what he's talking about is if you have a team that does well in the first half, but then all of a sudden a couple injuries or they tank, then organizations will sell off, trade off, and they'll just kind of they'll kind of bang it and, and pack it up for the offseason. Well, if you've been the first-half winner and you know that you're going to be playing the second-half winner for the playoffs to go to the next level, you can't really pack it in. You, you will be motivated to now try to correct what's going wrong in the second half because your fans are going to, going to expect you walk into that playoff game prepared to win it and to continue on. So that I think that's a that's a that's an interesting strategy. Obviously, would help the game and keep more people engaged, more organizations in, engaged, knowing that you or vice versa. You you are terrible in the first half. You make a couple changes, and all of a sudden you make a run. You got a chance to win the second half, and now you're right in the mix. So I think that's his point. We're all familiar with that because that happened in the minor leagues, right? I think it's an interesting strategy. I think it it could work. Obviously, um, you know, there would have to be some changes to the collective bargaining agreement and, and owners and Mr. Manfred would, would have to see the value in that. Yeah, and it's it's honestly it's it's the whole concept is so new to me. I don't even know how I feel about it, but it was very I was just most intrigued that you've got a a baseball guy like John Smoltz, a Hall of Famer, a I I guess you could say quote unquote old school guy proposing something that I I don't think is is at least in the big leagues that's certainly not some sort of old school thought it's a pretty, pretty well they're doing stuff in the big leagues we never thought right. we've seen they they did it in high school they did right. it in college now all of a sudden it's in the big leagues you right. know like a time clock right uh, the other night I saw the time clock going to zero a number of times but the pitcher was already on the mound and we were waiting on the hitter or we're waiting on the umpire waiting on instant replay or we're waiting on something else but um so, you know, I, I think we're way beyond. I never thought I'd see that in the big <laughs> right, leagues. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's, it's, uh, we had a great sit-down with him. We, we got into what some of the changes he'd like to make. He's on the competition committee, too. So he definitely, in addition to being a, a huge voice with, on, as a broadcaster on, on the national yeah. stage. He's, he's got some comp- clout. He's, he definitely does. So uh, he talks about broadcasting, obviously. Uh, we did a little comparison with the 91 Braves and in in this – this 2018 Braves team that just wrapped up their season. And we also had to get in a little golf talk. Sure. Too. Oh, mean, yeah, we can't. You just played in the U.S. Senior Open. You got to talk oh, a little yeah. golf. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've rambled on long enough. Let's get, <laughs> let's get the fans to uh, Hall of Famer John Smoltz. Struck him out. There it is. Career strikeout number 3,000 for John Smoltz. History in Atlanta. Hey, Smoltzy. 
Glad to have you here. Welcome to Behind the Braves here in the Alumni Lounge. So we're uh, glad you're you're going to be with us this morning and talk a little baseball, talk some playoffs, and um, I mainly just am here to talk golf. That's all I want to hear about. But we yeah. can get into the baseball too. I he guess. plays golf, but play he doesn't it, yeah. talk golf. Yeah, th this is uh, <laughs> this is new for me. I mean, you know, only the third time at this stadium, first time in the Alumni Lounge. So. Uh, having a hard time finding my way <laughs> normally <laughs> it, i'm used it, to that it's a maze that's for sure we're still trying to figure it out well you're um you've got quite a career now after your career so um being an announcer with fox you're on mlb during the week and uh, and you're still as controversial as, as ever. Yeah. I mean, you got they're writing articles about you, and even when I don't do interviews, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what did they just make them up? No, <laughs> they we, hear you on the broadcast. No, we uh, uh, we did a uh, last greatest race interview between the Giants and the Braves in '93, and we were talking about how that might be the last great divisional race, and from that kind of morphed the wild card, you know, because the Giants hadn't didn't make the playoffs and they won 103 games and a lot of people looked at that and like, whoa, that's not right. Maybe we gotta fix that. So kinda hence the wild card got birthed. And then once we were done talking about that, you know, I explained to uh Bob how the wild card has kind of taken away some of the oomph of the of the of the race because you got that to fall back on in most cases. I know there's isolated cases where the only way you can make it is win the division. And we're just having a conversation. Next thing I know, basically 10 days later, uh, there's some things that uh, unfortunately were put in there that weren't accurate, but that's usually, usually the case. I, I'm a big fan and a big proponent of, um, of creating a, a more competitive structure over 162 games the way baseball is today. I, I love the fact that, you know, when we have playoff baseball, September relevant baseball, it's great. But what happens when we don't? You know, what happens in July when there's really not much going on leading into the All-Star break? Imagine if there was playoff baseball at stake, you know, and winning the first half. So I, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of that. I think it's a great idea to in kind of, give the teams that had a really bad first half or injuries to have that second half to – because you look at baseball today in the American League would be a, kind of a great example of how it's been decided for a long time. The National League's been exciting because there hasn't been much decided even yet to this point, so Braves have a chance to do that. Well, wasn't that the idea to begin with? The reason why they told us that we were going to have the wild card was to make it more exciting longer, right. to keep more cities in in the playoff hunt. Right. So that's what they wanted. It's what necessarily they, worked out that way. Yeah, but that's it's what, what they, they wanted. wanted. The only the only thing I'm not a fan of at all is the one game playoff. I get it. You know, the one year that everything came down, it seemed like, and the Braves were part of it, the Red Sox were part of it, and that la last day, incredible uh, day of events. I think at that time, Bud Selig wanted to see if he could create that every single year and have that one day must see TV type game that would be a big disadvantage for that team. Moving forward, and we've seen that's not a big disadvantage. Matter of fact, <clears throat> we've had a couple wild card winners. So, I, I'd like to see baseball get to series. I'd like to see the wild card be a two out of three. Um, but in this in this kind of conversation, I was having it's just a it's just a way to create excitement in July. Have kind of two races. Um, the incentive to win your division both both halves would get you a buy. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of intriguing things when you think about how baseball has turned a little bit into haves and haves nots, especially in the American League, and you see teams rebooting and it taking four, five, six years. I think that would avoid if if you knew if your fan base knew that you only had to be good enough for seventy seven games to get in. I think it would change the dynamics of how you build your team, how long it takes, or the amount of you know, the amount of trades you make to just dump yeah. to rebuild. So, anyways, that yeah, that was a conversation. Any, that, that's not good for anybody. We don't want to yeah. see that. So, if if you were given, let's say they gave you the one hundred percent, you know, it's your call. You know, you're you're taking over. That would be the number one change you make, or would it be, would it be something else? Or to be, I know you've talked about the shift. And yeah, other I I think there's ways that that the game could could utilize some change. Uh, I know people are just so slow to with baseball, more of a you know historic kind of slow to change. All the other sports have changed. All the other sports have made rule change to make them relevant, and exciting. And one would argue uh, that the game is on a little lesser side. Now, playoffs are always excited, it's exciting, so you can't really use that as an example. I'm talking about 162 regular season games where the ball's not put in play much, uh, the game is played in a different way, and if it continues down those trends, then you're looking at ways to enhance that or curtail or change the way the game is being um, managed, if you will, you know, from the top down. So. I think the biggest the biggest priority of baseball today would be is finding a way to get more action. You know, finding a way to get a little bit more than about four minutes in between action. Think about that. If you come to a game, it's right around 3.50, three minutes and 50 seconds before you see action. Now, that, that, that in itself will create longer games, will create uh, fans to think about other things. And we don't – baseball's too good to lose the momentum – of its great players and its great stars that we got a young game that's vibrant, but the action in the game has become a little bit less connected to how good the players are. Well, didn't to that point, didn't they just vote in that we're going to be possibly having gambling coming in? So they, they'll have plenty of time to gamble in between Oh, the I guess from a time standpoint, <laughs> yeah. That that whole issue has uh, uh, gotten a lot of people nervous, rightfully so, you know, from a standpoint of – of um, how the game uh, can can be affected by that, but um, you, you know, from the from the purest standpoint, you never want to see wholesale changes. But if you think about all the other sports and the changes they've made, we just get used to them, and everything's fine. Hockey became more vibrant. There's more action. There's no more ties. People people are like, how can you have a shootout to determine? Well, all that has evolved and has created a more exciting version of hockey. Football had to change some rules make more offense, and, of course, the issues they deal with from an injury standpoint try to impact the game, and now you're seeing more offense. You're seeing more teams have a chance to win year in and year out. So baseball, what, what, what made it so special for me is that for a long time in a 25-year period when you took all the sports and the champions, baseball still had the most, most different. And that, to me, always spoke volumes of what you could do you know, if your team was put together right. But now we're seeing a little bit more of a gap in the ability to produce a winner and what's that window like. It doesn't seem to be super long. So it's interesting on how the dynamics of baseball and the last two great World Series kind of keep – might think that everything is moving along in a way where in the regular season, that's what the commissioner has been always trying to – you know, the mound mound visits have really helped – you know, there's talk of all of these other things coming. But um, 
with the greatness of the game, I'd like to just see, you know, a little more action. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see more action. Well, people, you know, they hear you on the broadcast every week. You do game of the week, yep. MLB during the during the week when you're not doing that game. And um, you're very passionate about what's going on in baseball. You're outspoken. That's really never. That's not changed. I mean, ever since I've known you, right? You're you you've always been passionate. Whether it was about pitching or whether it's about golf or whatever it is. I mean, that this is you. This is yeah. your personality. We're getting to hear it more because you're you're one of the talking heads to some degree because we we hear you, but. But really, that's not changed. And and the only thing that I see that probably that has changed for you is you your life has become more balanced because yeah. I just found out you've become a granddad. I which have. Is, kind of, is that is that hard to say? That that is, no, here? it's great. <laughs> that's like the greatest moment and time I ever can imagine at uh, being able to be blessed with that. You know, with plenty of years hopefully ahead to to be able to. To watch this, I, well, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on him. He's not walking yet, which is a little surprising. He's two months old. <laughs> You've been pushing him. High expectations. <laughs> been working the, the, the rotator and the, sh- and the shoulder already. So, other than that, there's not a lot of pressure being put yeah. on this young man. Well, I, you know, another thing is that your beautiful wife, Catherine, she's um, she's amazing. And yes, she got is. got to see you guys, spend some time with you up in, in Cooperstown. And I know that that's been a real blessing, and she's been um, – a, a great positive influence yeah. on your life and and then so I just see I see you now as just being more balanced and enjoying what you're doing and obviously talking about the game and and uh your passion about that and yeah. then getting to play a little play a little competitive a little, golf a little golf in between yeah it's interesting how it morphed in you know I, I was I've been with the, the MLB network um uh, since TBS so that was my first employer and I had a lot of work I do a lot of work with them so it's a balance of of I don't have the complete baseball balance down pat because I have to stay national. You know, everyone's going to know that I played for the Atlanta Braves for 21 years, and especially now doing a game, I'm sure I'm going to hear some unfair critics say that all I think about and talk about is the Atlanta Braves, but I have to be nationally um, with my view. You know, I can't be uh, a local or, or, uh, you know, even align myself with anybody. So there's times where – you know, I'm at a national baseball uh, MLB network level, and then I'm in a, a game level. I'm only looking at two teams. And, and it's hard to balance both of that because, like, I prepare for today's today's game. Then I'm only thinking about two two teams. Then if I were to go back to the network next week, I'd have to think about what everything else is going on. So I'm in catch-up mode a lot. And so I'm learning how to balance that. But I love the game uh, aspect once you're there. It's hard. This is my first home game, believe it or not. I didn't have to – have to travel for the first time since doing a game in Fox. Um, although I didn't think I was going to get here because of traffic, so it's a little <laughs> bit. Of, but I, I am trying to find that balance because now with nobody and no kids at home, all either in college or out of college, I do have a little bit more flexibility um, to tackle that. So between competitive golf, which is still a passion of mine, and doing the World Series and doing baseball, it's it's been uh, it's been an interesting transition. I, I saw the notes where you're on the competition committee. Yes. Is that new? Uh, yeah, fairly new. Been on it for a year and a half and go, going out on two years. And we got they've got active people and a couple um, um, former players on there to try to give perspective and insight to what um, the topics of the year would be or what, you know, 
baseball in general um, is looking at doing and what would be beneficial and what wouldn't. So it's an interesting um, committee in, in that, you know, there's a lot being thrown around and there's a lot of things that's already been discussed and out there. But, but uh, yeah, that's been a, that's been a, a, a fun part of, of just being able – I see baseball now so differently than I did when I was playing. If you'd asked me as a player – I would ask. I would answer differently. That when you when you're ten years removed and you broadcast a lot of games, you watch it differently. It is totally different than being in a dugout. And you know, as a baseball player today in this kind of era, they're just doing what the system allows them to do. It's not that they have totally changed the game. It's just that the game and the reward system and how you view players from analytics to everything else that basically is is just is basically the way players are trying to survive and be compensated compensated so i'm not really looking at the player today as like oh how could you do this or do that it's the game that they have and uh if you're asking them to throw the ball through the brick wall they're going to throw it through the brick wall and if you're asking them to hit the ball straight up in the air that's what they're going to do so that part is not really on the players it's just the way that the game has evolved has changed the way we play okay so as we're sitting here uh right now we are potentially a couple hours away from the 2018 Braves clinching the NL East. It's been an incredible season, and I just want to know, and granted, you know, it could be a couple weeks from now before this airs, but this season up to this point, have you noticed similarities between the 2018 Braves and the 91 Braves that you were a part of? Yeah, absolutely. You're talking about young players who have affected this organization and then young pitchers who are learning on the job. Um, some seasoned, but mostly young. And I think that's what it takes to start believing in the team you have, believing in your performance, and then whether or not you can elevate it and get to that level that, uh, you know, in 91 we were able to get to. And certainly much different circumstances in 91. We only had to win one series. You know, this is a little bit more difficult. Um, the journey is much more harder uh, than it has ever been to win a World Series just because you got to go through a few, few more hoops. Well, I, I've always been interested in um, – the 91 team because I was watching it as a fan and uh, I was compelled to turn the TV on every night and there was a lot of great characters there were a lot of great storylines and this team this year has really out of the last five years or even probably further than that that I've really wanted to watch every game and I wanted to see what was going on whether it was Acuna, Albies and and uh, the pitching staff and how – and then the trades and how we, we got uh, Gosman And so there's just been a lot of things. And, and, and really the big thing is Alex's f fingerprint on this organization. When I saw him uh, make the transition start, start kind of changing what was going on internally, I knew he was doing all the right things, saying all the right things. The energy level was totally different than um, some previous general managers – I got excited about what was going to happen. I didn't think he was going to come in and create a bunch of wholesale changes, but what I saw from the team with the mix of the young guys and, and his leadership and a lot of stuff, and then what Snit's been doing on the field, it's just been overall a really exciting year to be able to see that kind of unfold. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, being in spring training and getting a chance to see the out, you know, for the MLB Network, we're always looking at, you know, expectations, predictions, what is this team capable of doing? And I think everyone to a man agreed they were a year away. That didn't mean they could make a splash, that if things didn't go right. But on paper, Washington Nationals had the best team in the division. No one would argue that. Well, injuries, lack of continuity, and here we are. 
So the Atlanta Braves have thrust on to not what was not at one point going to be, will they be to the top? It's just how quickly. And so to your point of, of seeing the blend of, I, there's some been some way under the radar moves that nobody really looks at and as, as key factors for the Braves' resurgence to, uh, resurgence to back to the division top, you know, and I think those moves coupled with the young talent have put them in a stable environment. And they do believe now. Every team leaves spring training. I'm convinced of this, and every player will never admit this. They know their strengths. They know their weaknesses. They know everything about their team. You just hope you don't expose it so that, you know, I always say, does somebody uncover it or do you expose it as a team? Well, once you assess your team individually and you know your strengths, you want to you impose your strengths as much as you can to not expose your weakness. And so right now for the Braves, pitching has come a long way. They don't have the lockdown bullpen that they want. At some point they'll get but they have invaluable experience coming down the stretch that's going to help them in the postseason. When, after you guys went through that in 91, how does that change your, your mindset? Like spring training of 91 and then off the heels of that 91 season, spring training in 92. How are your – I mean, I, everybody around you is going to have higher expectations, but what are – does it change your mindset? Are you a little bit more – you said do they believe. Now you come into 92 believing, okay – well, you're believing from day one at this point. Yeah, right? for us, it was an internal confidence that we didn't want to show that this was a fluke, right? Going from last to first, we believed in the guys that we added. We knew that that leadership was still going to be there. And then if each individual could improve from the year before, you were going to have a better team. And I think that same sentiment will evolve here. I mean, they know how much better they can be. Because once you go through something for the first time, then at, you don't ever have to go through it again from that learning experience. It's all about adjusting. And if you adjust on the on this big league level, if you adjust, you're going to be good, and you're going to stay good. So uh, the division, ironically, is going to be much better next year. So it doesn't mean that there's a guarantee that the Atlanta Braves have now birthright their their thrust into always being in a postseason, because the, the Phillies are going to be better, and the the Mets are going to be better with that pitching staff, and then Washington should should still be better. It's just a lot to be determined past this year that you know as an organization. You need to get better in order to stay in relevant terms when it comes to the top elite teams. Well, um, we know you got a game to do today. Uh, Fox, we were planning on you calling the celebration, and uh, will you get to go down the clubhouse? That will be up to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, I don't want to take that job <laughs> away from him. <laughs> well, I hope you get down there. I hope that would be a lot of fun. We appreciate you stopping by, and we hope to see you out at the winter meetings with um, – your work over the competition committee to hopefully we can catch up with you again. Uh, Where is that this year? I mean, it's in Vegas. So, oh, so, so here I, I have to, if you go, yeah, we'll which play golf. I want to play. I want to get you and doggy go out there play go. golf. Uh, Cause I, I do have to say this one thing. Okay. We've not played a lot of golf together, You've but we just played, we just played and you may not want to admit this, but we played one hole together yeah. and I think I outdrove you. Oh, you outdrove me. And I think you and might I'm, even had a better score. <laughs> <laughs> but good thing golf is not determined by that's one. That's right. Hole. That's that right. The humble brag he's, in that question. No, I think he's he's he set me up. He set yeah. you up. Yeah, because knowing the way he is, that uh, he'll say, "Well, since you beat oh, me on the last hole, or you know, uh, maybe we need to raise the stakes a little bit." No, he's <laughs> definitely, definitely improved. Well, real quick before before we let you go, I but since we're talking about golf, how was the U.S. Open experience this summer? That was fun, just for me as a, yeah. as a fan. It was it just fun to follow. It was unmatched to anything I've ever been through in my life. Hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, greatest feeling and experience I've ever, even though the the outcome was not great. You don't know what you don't know. 
until it's just kind of what we talked about. And now I'll feel better. I don't know if the results will be better next time I'm in that situation. But my body and mind, and it, ew, I was an out-of-body experience. It was unreal how hard it was. Taught me I wasn't in good enough physical shape, and my game wasn't nearly – you know, I did this thing in the midst of my working schedule, and next year I'm going to ask for a lot of time off because leading into the 25 days after qualifying, 20 of those days I spent on the road working. And it's hard to kind of com- combo both, but I tried my best. And uh, it, it's going to happen again. I'll qualify again. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, and I'm looking forward to the challenge of becoming a better golfer because of that. Is it and now it's you're strictly focused on on the open each year. You're not going to try to enter any other. Tra- I know in the past, I think you played in the Web.com tournament yeah, years I've ago. Yeah, I've got I've got an opportunity coming up here um, in uh, possibly at Sugarloaf uh, to play there. So um, you know, now that I qualified for something, I don't mind if a sponsor exemption comes my way taking it. You know, whereas before I wanted to be able to qualify first for something before I I took something. So. Yeah, I'm hopeful that my home, you know, in the hometown here, you know, that might be my debut and of uh, of uh, that tournament. So we'll see what happens. Well, well, none of uh, your former teammates, me included, are shocked of your success with broadcasting. You've done a great job. You're entertaining. I think people learn a lot from listening to you. But none of us are shocked because it seemed like that whatever you put your mind to, you're successful at, whether it's ping pong or whether it's uh, playing golf or whether it's broadcasting. But uh, it's been it's been fun for me to sit and listen to Glav, listen to you. We've got a lot of guys, whether it's Mark Lemke and Brian Jordan, a lot of former teammates in the media that are doing games. But uh, clearly, uh, you're doing you're doing your job well, and, and well, we're excited you. for you. And I'm and I'm always I tell you this all the time. I love having the alumni around because I want you guys all here being involved in what we're doing. So I'm ecstatic that you're getting to getting to do the game today. Yeah, I'm uh, live, learn, laugh, not be afraid to make mistakes, right? <laughs> and if you do those things, then uh, you you can achieve a lot of things. So I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, I really am secretly hoping for the inevitable to happen some point. You know, I'm, I get a chance to do the World Series on Fox, and it's no greater job in the world. And I've watched and been able to call two incredible ones. Um, nothing would be sweeter than to be able to call a World Series here someday. Um, so I'm hopeful. Yeah, me too. Yeah. At, at make that three of us. <laughs> yeah, very good. Well, thanks. <laughs> Thank Appreciate you so much, it, John. Guys. Appreciate it. Well, thanks again to Hall of Famer John Smoltz for joining us. I uh, look forward to having him on behind the Braves again in the future. I'm sure we will at some point. But, Greg, let's get into now that the offseason is here, one of the highlights of, of your offseason and, and our organization's offseason is Braves Fantasy Camp. Tell us, about, tell us a little bit about Fantasy Camp. Well, by far it is the best VIP experience that I get to be a part of. And this is something we've been doing for eight years it's in Orlando. We take around 70 fans through what it's like to be in spring training. You're in full uniform. You've got your own bat with your name on it. You are drafted onto a team. So, for example, Sid Bream may be your manager and Steve Avery will be your pitching coach. We divide up into six teams and we play those teams play throughout the week. And then uh, at night we go out, we go bowling. We eat dinner, we tell stories, may have a few drinks, 
and uh, get back to the field. You got a big league clubhouse where we're shining your shoes and bringing you breakfast, and you've got lunch in the clubhouse. We're doing kangaroo court, which I'm sure the fans have heard stories over the years of the dumb things that baseball players have done, and and you get fined by your teammates. We have a whole kangaroo court there each morning. We give out awards. Uh, we we cap off the week with a championship game where the winner gets rings, the winning team gets rings and champagne, and then you actually get a chance to play the alumni. So all those six teams will then join onto one team and play us for bragging rights, and we'll get through get through a game, and then we all get back together on Saturday night, and we have a huge awards banquet at Maggiano's down in down in Orlando. It is absolutely a blast. I've never had anybody say it is the worst thing that they ever did. Right. <laughs> There's some stuff. sore puppies down there, you know, with some uh, with some hamstrings. But I don't care what your skill level is. If you haven't played baseball your whole life or if you play on the weekends in some of the men's senior leagues, it, it's, it's a fun time for all of them because you're hanging out with alumni, you're talking baseball, you're getting to play baseball in the field. We're teaching, we're coaching, we're actually, oh, so you want to see what a real curveball is like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And um, uh, I've been known to throw at a few guys. No, oh, I'm just teasing. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no, no. Right. We we have a great time, and uh, the fans love it. We have probably about a sixty percent return rate. So we've got guys that have been doing it. It's it's for men and women, age twenty five and up, and they've been doing it year after year, and they keep coming back because the re- now it's the relationships that we're building. I've got guys that are hanging out with the fantasy campers at the game. They come see them at the games. They come to their charity events. Uh, they're supporting the alumni's charity events. It's been a really neat relationship that I don't think I actually saw from the beginning, but now being a part of it, it's evolved over the years to where it's a really special relationship between the fantasy campers and the alumni. So I see them at the ball games all the time. So that that's flat out the best experience that I can provide as as alumni director for the fans, but then also what the fans give to us that we get to be a part of that. And it's these new relationships that we've had. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, that's coming up January fifteenth through the twentieth, and you can go to Braves dot com forward slash fantasy camp and register, or you can email me um, through the website uh, or just Greg dot McMichael at Braves dot com. If you want some more information, perfect. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come down there and join you for a few days, and this will be my yeah, first time taking. You got to suit up. No, here now. Here's <laughs> here's why. We, I, I, see, I've I've hesitated to tell you this story. Not hesitated. I was just waiting for the right time to 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 tell you this. So last uh, off season when we had the Braves, they had the Braves employee softball tournament yeah, that happened. Sure. Okay. Well, even though I mean I'm I'm from MLB.com, but I, I'm fortunate enough to get to work with a lot of you guys here at the Braves. So I got invited to play in that that tournament on a team. And uh, we, my team faced your team, and you pitched to me. And I had two at-bats that day. One was a dribbler. I can't. I think it was the third, <laughs> and the other one was the first, neither of which I legged out. <laughs> I played in the field. I played first base. I had four errors that I'm sure of, and probably a fifth that was would be charged to me. If Moose, the official scorer for yeah. the Braves, was here, he probably would have charged me with that fifth one. So while I appreciate that any skill level can can, <laughs> I think I'm just I'll, maybe I'll be a spectator. We'll you I knew what's gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna sh- first base. Coach. I'm an ex. I'm a dude, I am an excellent first base coach. There we go. I am perfect Got a spot for, that. for you. Yeah. Now I'm sure we'll get down there and I'll I'll uh, 
You can twist my arm a little bit. We'll, we'll get see. you some batting practice. It's, it's, I need everything practice, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Brace Fancy Camp. I, I'm really pumped to, to come down to Orlando and check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, make sure you check it out on the on the, on the the website and you know read up on it and see what it's about. And give, We've got videos on there. Yeah. We've got all kinds of information. And wasn't, you know, and we've got uh, – it could be next week, could be in a couple weeks, but we've, we've got an episode of Behind the Braves coming up with Dale Murphy, and there was an excellent article – I believe it was the ESPN article came out this summer. Uh, it was just profiling him and, and what his life is like now and everything. And part of that article, he was talking about like t- catching a ride to fantasy camp and with with uh, fans of his that he now experiences fantasy camp with. And it was really really cool story. He was talking about uh, some fan letters that he got back when he was a player that his, that his wife and he had saved. And now one of these fan letters he got from back then is. One of the fantasy campers that that, yeah. that shows up every year, so it's it's a pretty. I think that speaks to your the relationships that are built through this are pretty can be pretty special. I remember specifically a picture that we took with the guys with all number three because at fantasy camp you get to pick your number, so it doesn't matter if there's twenty number tens. You know, if everybody wants to be Chipper Jones, they can. So you just pick your number that you want. But we had a contingency of guys that were probably and gals that were probably uh, that that. Dale was their favorite player, and that, that year I had Dale come in as one of our special guests. But I remember the picture at home plate. We had everybody turn um, with their backs to the camera, and they all had number threes on. And then we had them all. We took a picture with them all facing each other and all facing back. So I know Dale has seen this, and I personally experienced this too as well, is that I've had people come up to me, and they, bring, they brought an old photograph of when they were a kid, and I'm taking a picture with them either at a baseball camp or sign an autograph at the stadium, and now they're an adult. They came back to fantasy camp. Or, you know, there's some that even worked at the Braves, and they were actually a fan back when I was pitching, and now I'm working with them, and they bring me an old Polaroid or an old picture of us, you know, taken together. And I've seen that with Dale, and we get a chance to kind of reunite with some of these people and and have a good time. Because, you know, when you're 25 and you're playing the big leagues, things move pretty fast. Sure. And you don't enjoy, but now – that I'm twice that age, and no. you get to meet some of those people. It, it's 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 a lot of fun. That's awesome. Well, we're really looking forward to that. And I'll tell you what else is awesome. Uh, we've gotten a lot of great uh, feedback, reviews on Behind nice. the Braves. We've gotten, the subscriptions are going up, so keep subscribing, keep keep leaving reviews that are positive, please. I saw some nice ones on there. Let's let's keep it <laughs> let's keep it that way. Um, hey, we also, I, I happened to flip over the, uh, the Apple charts. I was looking at the, the sports podcast list and last, when last week's episode came out, we cracked the top 50, my friend. That's pretty good. That's pretty, we uh, were at some, we were at some, some pretty, pretty good. As company. long as it's not out of 50. No, no. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Well, I didn't specify that. As long as you're saying top 50, that's all that matters. No, we just, we wanted to, th- just to throw that out there that having only put out a couple episodes of behind the Braves and knowing that. Braves fans, I know they're passionate, but to see that passion now coming through and checking us out here and leaving the, the, the great feedback and then even just both of us were kind of stunned that we would even chart like that yeah. that early. So that's that's all thanks to you guys for listening. And uh, listen, the, the 2018 Braves season is over, but behind the Braves is here to stay. We're going to be with you throughout the offseason, and I think we're we're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to get to know some some – Hear some good brave stories and get to know a lot of great Braves personalities, and it's uh, it's it's going to be a good off season for us. Yeah, sky's the limit. We've got a great um, group of alumni 
We have endless amounts of storylines that we could potentially bring to the fans, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It should be exciting. Definitely. Well, we'll be back here next Wednesday on Behind the Braves. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.